0: During the 20 year dictatorship of Italy from 1922 to 1943, mass censorship of political opinion, press, and even film ensured that the fascist government's voice was resolute. The Il Ventennio perpetrated by Benito Mussolini would lead to the formation of the Cincitia, Italian for Cinema City, and this would put forward mass propaganda at the hands of Luigi Freddi. Against this backdrop, there was no Italian horror cinema to speak of. However, in less than 20 years after the death of Mussolini, a cinematographer, son of a special effects artist, would direct a movie that would dramatically change the international landscape for Italian horror cinema forever. It would serve as a catalyst that would birth three decades of Italian dominance in European cinema. That director was Mario Bava, and his movie was Black Sunday. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish, and you're listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition t 10 Welcome back to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old-world horrors. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and this is episode number three of season one of the show. In this season we're looking at the vampirism subgenre of horror within European cinema. Last episode we looked at Vampire, and this show we're looking at Black Sunday from 1960. If this is your first time listening to Chronicle Podcast, please go back and listen to our debut episode. It sets the stage for what's to come on season one. Can I thank everyone who checked out episode number two and left me all the kind words of support and feedback on our Facebook group page. Our group page may only be small in numbers, but the voices of those who are members are loud and passionate about horror cinema, and I'm immensely proud to be able to give you content every two weeks. To join the Facebook group page, please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. We're almost at the halfway mark for season one of the show. But still have some fantastic movies yet to cover. And as I stated at the top of this episode, this podcast is dedicated solely to European horror cinema, with this season focused on the vampire subgenre. So let's continue our journey into what can be seen as a seminal piece of gothic horror cinema as we look at Mario Baba's Black Sunday. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. The son of Eugenio Bava, a special effects coordinator and artist, Mario Bava was born on July 31, 1914. The young Bava had grand dreams of becoming a famous painter, but would soon realise he would not be able to claim his fortune's painting pictures. At this time, he made the obvious decision to follow in his father's footsteps and ended up in an apprenticeship as a cameraman. During this time, he would assist the likes of Massimo Terzano, who is regarded as one of the most prolific cinematographers of the Italian silent movie era. As well as his work behind the camera, he would also use his painting skills, assisting his father in the special effects department at Mussolini's Instituto Lutz. He eventually completed his apprenticeship and became a fully-fledged cinematographer in 1939. Bava would work with a plethora of talented directors during his time as director of photography. Roberto Rossellini, Raoul Walsh and Robert Leonard, to name but a few however it would be several years later that he would finally take up the position for which he is most known for today Bava was known as a bit of a workhorse in the movie industry and would complete work on one movie and very quickly begin work on the next Between the years 1939 and 1951, 51 movies, documentaries and short movies credit Bava, sometimes under an alias, as cinematographer. In 1956, Bava would undertake his duties behind the camera for Riccardo Freda's I, Vampiri. This movie was the first horror movie of the sound era in Italy. Bava would find himself wearing different hats during the production, first as cameraman, then optical effects designer and eventually director when Freda abandoned the project halfway through the 12-day shoot. Bava would be seen as rescuing the project and saving the day for the film studio. This would come to be a blessing and a curse for Bava, as he soon found that this reputation as a director who could stand in or finish off impossible projects would carry forward into other movies. He would have a minor directing credit on Pietro Franceschi's La de d'Ercole from 1957 and a more active hand with its unofficial sequel Ercole y la Regna de Lidi in 1958. Ironically it was Freda who did not like the way that Bava was being used as a stand-in director of sorts and believing himself to be saving Bava from a sort of disrespect would ask him to be the cameraman for his 1959 movie Caltiqui il mostro immortale. But like the previous collaboration Bava would be asked to finish off production as director when Freda abandoned the movie two days into filming. The fact that Bava stepped in to save the day again would not go unnoticed to the Kaltiki's film producer, Leonelli Santi. He would reward Bava with the opportunity to pick his directorial debut. And at age 46, Bava would start work on La Maseria del Demono, also known as Revenge of the Vampire, The Mask of Satan, but most commonly known as Black Sunday. Black Sunday opens in the year 1630, somewhere in Moldavia just as Aja Vajada, played by Barbara Steele, and her lover Yavuto, played by Arturo Dominici, are sentenced to death by Aja's own flesh and blood, her very own brother. The crime is practising the dark arts of sorcery and Aja is declared a witch and before she can be burned at the stake, she places a curse over her brother's descendants, vowing her revenge. Things take a particularly nasty turn for Asia as, in quite possibly the most shocking scene of its time in movie history, a giant metal mask containing many sharp spikes on the inside is placed over her face and hammered into her flesh with a large mallet. We flash forward 200 years when Dr Thomas Courvasion, played by Andre Chechi, accompanied by his assistant and friend. Dr Andre Gorobic, played by John Richardson, travel to a medical conference. Their journey takes him through Moldavia and when their carriage sustains some damage to one of its wheels, the coachman begins to repair the damaged wheel. At this time the two doctors go exploring and run across Azure's crypt. Kruvajin, finds Azure's death mask behind a pane of glass. He smashes the glass and inadvertently also damages the cross hanging above it. Removing the mask he is shocked to see a partially preserved corpse underneath staring back at him with malice. In a panic he cuts his hand on some of the broken glass and some of the blood drips onto Azure's face. The two leave the crypt, and upon leaving Aja's tomb are met with Katia, who is also played by Barbara Steele. She speaks to the two doctors, telling them that she lives nearby in a castle with her father, Prince Vaja and her brother, Constantine. Katia tells of a local legend that the villagers tell that her castle is haunted. Gorobek immediately falls in love with Katia and is pained when they leave her and head to the nearby inn. Meanwhile, the witch Aja has been revived thanks to the blood, and using a sort of telepathy, she contacts Yavuto and orders him to rise from his grave. Yavuto makes haste towards the Vaja castle but is unable to exact revenge when Vaja holds out a crucifix. The shock of the confrontation takes its toll on the prince, who is frozen in fear. Upon finding their father, Constantin and Katia send their servant in search of the two doctors Katia met earlier. The servant never arrives and is killed en route and is replaced by Yavuto. Yavuto leaves Dr Kruvajin to Aja's tomb and Kravajan witnesses the horror of her coffin exploding and the witch vampire coming forth. Aja tells the Doctor that she can offer him immortality and a night of earthly pleasures. Kravajan gives way to his temptation when Aja drinks his blood. Aja then commands the Doctor to visit Vaja and murder him, which he duly does. Aja's next plan of attack is to drain all of Katia's blood. She believes this will grant her immortality. Meanwhile, a little girl who witnessed the encounter of Yavuto and Kravajan earlier in the movie goes to the inn and informs Dr Gorubek. During her description of the events, a local priest recognises the undead man as Yavuto, and with Gorubek, goes to his grave to find Kravajan's body inside the coffin. Without hesitation, realising that the Doctor is now a vampire, they mark him with the sign of the cross and ram a small piece of wood into one of his eye sockets. Javuto finds Katia and takes her to see Aja. However, Aja cannot drink her blood as she wears a cross around her neck. When Gorebek reaches the crypt, he attempts to save Katia, but Aja is in there instead. As the two are almost identical, Aja attempts to confuse Gorobek and tells him that Katya, who's lying unconscious on the floor, is actually the real Aja. And when Gorobek makes a move to kill her, he sees that she is wearing a cross around her neck. Gorobek, realising that she is actually Katya, turns around and grabs the robe of the witch, revealing a skeleton underneath. During the chaos, the priest arrives with torch-wielding villagers and they burn Aja to death. Katia wakes to find herself back to her former beauty and the movie ends. Black Sunday was not much of a success in its home country of Italy but would be received warmly by critics and audiences alike in other European countries like France. It even found its place amongst American theatre-goers Bava, achieving some modicum of success and with his tremendous work ethic, would continue right into further projects. The director would return to his gothic horror leanings in both Black Sabbath and The Whip in the Body, before setting up the framework for a sub-genre that would go hand in hand with his name in the annals of history. The Girl Who Knew Too Much, also known as Evil Eyes, from 1963 paved the way for Blood and Black Lace in 1964 and the birth of the Jallo. But that's for another season. Of his work in movies, Bava once said, Movies are a magician's forge. They allow you to build a story with your hands. At least, that's what it means to me. What attracts me in movies is to be presented with a problem and be able to solve it, nothing else just to create an illusion, an effect with almost nothing. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. And you've been listening to episode number three of season one of Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. It's safe to say that Italian cinema is one of my favorites and of that ilk of great directors and filmmakers, Mario Bava is near the top. We will come back and look at more Bava works as we continue through this exploration of European horror cinema, and definitely will touch upon Giallo somewhere down the line on a future season. In the meantime though, we still have three episodes left of Season 1 of Chronicle Podcast. On the next episode, we will be looking at Jess Franco's Count Dracula. And then two weeks after that, we will be looking at The Reflecting Skin. And then we will close out season one with the finale Let the Right One In. Now, it's worth noting that there is a ton of vampire movies from European horror cinema that have not been touched in Chronicle Season 1. And I've already had some feedback from some people asking why I haven't chosen specific films or if I intend to come back to look at this subgenre somewhere down the line. And yes, that is my intention. Many seasons from now, we will return and look at vampire movies. Vampire movies may also be covered. In a future series if we look at the particular works focusing on one director. If that director put out a vampire movie then we could look at that as well. I'd like to think that the purpose of this show is an opportunity to shine the spotlight exclusively on European horror cinema and as a result of that we will cover so many subgenres, so many directors and so many movies moving forward. At this time in the show, I'd like to take just a few minutes, as always, to thank Von Herzog for his work on the fantastic intro and outro theme for the podcast. A list of all the musicians who contributed music to this show are in the show notes and go over and support their fantastic work. Chronicle Podcast is now exclusively on Legion Podcast Network and you can listen to us and a multitude of other fantastic genre shows over there at legionpodcast.com You can subscribe to us through the Legion feed on iTunes by searching Legion Podcast or our exclusive feed which is also on iTunes by searching Chronicle Podcast I'd like to take this time to thank Bo Ransdell for all his fantastic work in setting up that feed and all his support of this show and Legion Podcast Network. And if you want to listen to more of me discuss horror then you can check me out on my other show The Podcast Under The Stairs which can be found on iTunes, Stitcher and at the website tputscast.com. This episode of Chronicle Podcast was written, recorded and produced by me for you. Join me in two weeks' time to discuss Jess Franco's Count Dracula. But until the next time, remember, the greatest thing in this world is not so much where we stand as in what direction we are moving. This is Duncan McLeish from Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Until the next time. Ignition. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Lift off.